All right, and we are back for um for for the episode. Um, that sounded silly. I can edit it out. I probably won't though. Uh, Tim, <laughs> Hello. Link, Hello. we're out the gate. We are out the gate. <laughs> um, boys, I thought I would bring up. Uh, we'll go deep. You know, we, we we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go deep with it for today. How do you guys overcome negative thoughts, negative moments in your life? Now, obviously, I'm talking about previous moments because we don't know what the future holds for us, but overcoming negative moments, situations that have happened in your guys' life. Flora's yours, ours. It's a great question, Jack. Um, I would say I've gotten better at it and managing it as I've gotten older. And I think that might be from the old experience that more and it becomes more of a habit and how to deal with these things. I know as a teenager, I was shocking with regulating my negative emotions. Um, if something happened that I wasn't pleased with or that I was upset with, it often come, not anger, but probably a lot of emotions, a lot of tears. I was, I'm always been a crier, but I used to cry a lot of different things earlier on. Um, and it probably wasn't until I probably sought out some um, mental health help that I actually started to regulate my emotions a little bit more um, efficiently than previously. I think. Um, what What was the um, What was the help like? The comments uh, from, from a psychologist? Or yeah, a counselor? yeah. So I was a psychologist. So I only saw a psych for I think it was maybe three or four sessions. Yep. But at the end of year twelve, I was always the a high achiever where I just wanted to do the best. Um, a couple of things happened. So my granddad died, my parents separated and my partner at the time broke up with me on the first day of my year 12 exams. Um, and I just kind of rode those emotions for a little while until it all came crashing down in that this summer when I was 18. Um, and I remember having a few drinks um, with a few friends and getting quite emotional and I it was raining. I walked home in the rain and I walked straight into mum's room as I was living with mum because dad had just moved out and I was living with mum and I just said to her, saturating, crying, I just said, I'm not okay, I need some help. Um, And then, yeah, basically mum assisted me getting to see a psych and then for the next probably four or five months I saw a psych, yeah, once a month and just worked on um, processing emotions and realising that, Life isn't all sunshines and rainbows and flowers, um, that things will go down and when they do go down, you need to start to regulate them a little bit better, um, and which, yeah, assisted me with a lot of things and that whole summer, I, I grew a fair bit, had the, the help of my mates um, who were all aware of, you know, I was seeing a psych and a little bit flat. Um, I was never super, super bad, but I was just bad enough where I just needed some guidance. Um, and ever since then, I've just been, a, it's a work in progress when something goes wrong. Um, feel it. It's okay to have those emotions associated with it. Um, it's perfectly natural however you respond, um, but you've just got to put in places and behaviours that will get you out of that. Um, and that's what I've focused on probably, yeah. It's taken me, what, 12 years to, to get, I think, really good at that. Bro, that's uh, yeah. Head off to you as a you say eighteen, eighteen before your year twelve. Yep. The fact that you had the strength to go and to see your mum, you know, you just come back from a party, you're in that mind state of probably probably alcohol and mm. stuff involved, and the fact that you could say, "Hey, I'm not okay. I need help." 
people don't do that, bro. That's mm. very powerful. That's fucking. I'm I'm so stoked that you you did that and what a moment in your life and your relationship with your mum. Yes, and I don't know, Jackie, you heard a phone call, a FaceTime from mum. I yeah, our relationship with my mother is very special that my sister and I both have. It's she's more of a a guardian angel and a friend and. Um, yeah, she's a special woman, but I always knew I could go and see her and she'd help me regardless of how bad things were. Um, and she, yeah, she helped me, didn't hold my hand, but just helped me as much as I needed through that tough, yeah, period of six months, basically. And then with the, um, seeing the psych a couple of times over those months and, and working on stuff with your being aware and identifying the emotions, how did you kind of kick that? Goal. Like, how did you start that off? Is going all right. I'm feeling this way. Like, what was your what was the tricks or tips that they gave you? Yeah, they they always brought things back to you need to do what brings you joy when you're feeling flat. Um, and for me, obviously, exercise and social life was a big thing. So whenever I was feeling flat, it was basically going for a run with your mates or kicking the footy with your mates, doing something that was getting the endorphins going um, in a social aspect. Um, and I remember going down to Ocean Grove and getting away, staying at a family friend's house just by myself for a few days. Um, and that was probably the worst thing I could have done. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but I, I basically just said in the group message with my mates, I was like, oh, do you guys want to come down? House is free. Um, come crash with me for a couple of days. And they came down and I, as soon as I arrived, I bounced out of that little flat period. Um, but as yeah, it's one of those things that as soon as I start to get flat, it's exercise and going to see mates or going to see people I know who care about me. I like it. That's uh, powerful, very mm. powerful, Link. Uh, thank you for sharing. Um, and I'm glad you yeah went and uh, went and seek that help, but also opened that door to your mum's room and said, "Hey, I'm not okay." That's that's uh, as the as being okay with saying you're not okay because we definitely. Uh, I think as men, I feel like sometimes we, we have to have our shit sorted and have our shit together. But one thing I learned with, with going through this self-development journey and working on myself is no one has their shit together. Mm. No one. We're all we're all searching for something. We're all trying to be better. And um, it's okay to, to not be okay. Um, so that's awesome. Um, Tim, over to Ball in your court. Negative moments, times, situations. How have you dealt with them? What's what what works for you? What hasn't? Talk us through. Then, yeah, I don't really have any set way. I suppose I think, um, like Link said, you sort of um, accept that something's gone wrong or that things aren't right or whatever along those lines. And you, yeah, you just got to accept it and then um, probably accept that you can't change it. Or as we've spoken about it, if you can do whatever you can to change it. Um, so like last night would be a good example. Uh, Sarah came uh, into work and was like, oh, they take her rang and said that Lenny was sick um, and that he had a temperature. So like I got home and he was he was fine, but because I'd um, recorded a temperature at daycare, he can't go the next day or 24 hours or whatever. So then that's something that stresses me out a fair bit. And we had a, a couple of school groups in today and we're already slightly short staff. We probably needed one more person. So I sort of said, it's not really much can do, sort of like really have to go. And then um, Sarah was in birth suite 
her work was meant to be today um, and those shifts are sort of hard to get and she was obviously disappointed. Um, For reference, um, Tim's uh, better half is a midwife. Midwife, yes, yes. So she has to get a certain amount of births, so then um, you have to be in birth suite to get those. Um, So she was pretty disappointed that she couldn't go to work and I'm normally sort of the one to not compromise but to try and change things as much as I can to allow her to do that. And I think, yeah, last night was an occasion where I couldn't do that. Um, so I felt really bad, um, and she ended up finding a solution, which was which was really good. But I still sort of felt guilty for for some of the night and even this morning. Um, but then, yeah, just acknowledging that at the end of the day, if one shift has been changed a little bit or she's missed some tiny little bit of experience, um, that's not the end of the world. And and just saying that, yeah, it's going to be all good, and that. Life still goes on and and uh, tomorrow's a new day. And there's no malicious intent. Your boy no. doesn't try and get sick no, at daycare. No, that's exactly right, yeah. And unfortunately the protocol at daycare now is if, you know, they have a, a reading, they can't go the next day. Yes. You need to come into work because it's busy. She needs to go into work because she's got requirements and, and it's work. Yes. So how, how do you... Um, deal with situations like that. So obviously, there's been a solution. It's it's been resolved. You're at work. Kids are safe. Um, what if there isn't like a a, a solution? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, have you ever come to that bridge? Um. Uh, yeah, I suppose, and it probably more evolves around me getting in touch with Chris and just saying, yep. "Sorry, I can't come in," because obviously. Family comes first. Yes, um, yes. So it's flexible. Yeah, yeah for, yeah. for your career. Yes, um, and it's yeah, it's always worked out to an extent, but um, yeah, but like uh, yeah, I suppose otherwise it's probably just trying to occupy your mind and and try and stay as busy as you can. And like when say for instance, I think it was like this morning when it started to get busy is when I sort of cleared my head and. Um, like you, you don't have time to sort of th- sit there and think about it. You got to change your mood and bring a bit of energy, um, and that's when sort of the the flick switch uh, switch flicked for me this morning, um, which was good. With that switch, bro, do you do you have like a, a little mantra, or do you find your reflection, or do you just go kind of your inner dialogue? Go, oh shit, okay, it's busy at work. I've got to put the 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 S coach hat on again. I'm here. I've got to be on. Like, how do you flip that switch to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out of it now? I don't know. I think it just sort of happens. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think I caught myself this morning thinking a couple of times, oh, like I'm not really offering a lot. Not necessarily like I'm disrupting anyone's service or anything, but, like, just could feel that I was uh, not anxious but just still thinking about that whole situation and sort of feeling bad. Um, and then yeah, just got busy and, and things took over, so that was all good. So you don't look in the mirror, you don't you don't find your reflection and pump yourself up, and no. you just kind of go, all right, team needs me, I'm here. This yep. is how it's got to work. Boom, it just happens. Show up. Yep, because you you're showing up for yourself, but you're also showing up for for everyone else in the building. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and client included, because you know yeah, this, exactly you guys right. are a service. Yes, exactly as, right as well. And even like today, you look and say there was. 50 kids from 
Horsham College, and if you're flat and, and it's not just uh, the fact of one person being off at work, it's their experience interrupted. So, mm. Mm. I like that. No, it's uh, it's something I think we all have to have an ability to do is kind of flick the switch, and um, I get it in front of crowds. And to touch on what um, Link spoke about earlier um, with a big Thursday night last week, um, we had locally the Ballarat um, Federation Uni Business Awards where um, a massive congratulations goes out to, to you two and, and the team here at the Rad Centre, um, just clean sweep, back to back, back to back, three-peat baby, um, got Business of the Year, uh, Small Business of the Year and also health and, uh, wellness. health and wellness. So it's incredible. It's inspiring um, to have a space in you know a hundred and twelve thousand population town that is running running the show. <laughs> so it's awesome. But um, that Thursday, I I got the privilege of being on stage to to say like three words. I hate talking in front of people. Hate it. I hate I hate the way my smile looks. Um, I I don't like my teeth, and I know that sounds weird, but I am hiding behind a microphone at work. You don't see me. Um, <clears throat> I'm okay with being in front of people and talking to big groups. I don't like being on stage and talking in front of people. I'll dance, I'll sing, I'll be a fool. Talking, that's when my vulnerability comes out. And I go, oh, shit, I don't like this because I've got a missing tooth on the side of my face that I was in Canada I was eating a steak and I chipped my tooth. I couldn't afford to get it fixed. I was a, a ski bum uh, spending money on alcohol and drugs and stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've always been self-conscious about that since that happened, but I've found a way that a friend taught me that I need to hype myself up. I need to flip the switch. So what I do before events like that or if I'm feeling low, I find my reflection normally in a mirror, but I, I look, look in the mirror and I just stand there and I go, you're the fucking man. And I say it back to myself. And I and you, when you make eye contact with yourself, it's different than looking at other people because you can't see your face normally. You see other people's faces. And I look in the mirror and I go, you know what, Jake, you're the fucking man. And I raise my voice and I go, yeah, you are the fucking man. Actually, you're, fucking, you're pretty cool, bro. You're actually really cool. You're friendly. You're nice. You're not a murderer. You don't fucking <laughs> abduct kids. You don't steal. You know, yeah, actually saying that, I might have stolen a few things in my time, like, <laughs> like lollies, cans of drink, but, you know, nothing, you know, to go to jail over. But I am a good person, so I would constantly say that, and then I'd hype myself up, and I'd get into that mindset of uh, of that vibe of, like, fuck, I'm the fucking man, let's go, let's go, and then I'm okay. But then afterwards, almost feels like a blur, because I've put myself in that moment, like when you said before, flipping that switch, my switch needs to be revved up a little bit. It's like it's like the choke. Mm. You know, I need to, need to warm it up a little bit, get the engine going. It's on, it's go, go, go. But then when it's off, I hit, I hit pretty hard. And so that's probably why my weekend was so chill and I didn't do much uh, exercise-wise. I still did a lot more than your average person, but I didn't do my normal run, gym, swim, bike. I just, I just did the gym, which is more than I know a lot of people do. But I have to flip that switch or else my mind and my anxiety of being in front of people um, overtakes me and it, and it like overpowers me. And so then I have this negative like moment that I've put on the moment. You know, no one else could be given a shit, but I'll just be in that negative mind state 
and go, oh, shit, this sucks. Oh, man, I'm terrible. Um, I'm ugly because of my teeth. Everyone's looking at my teeth. No one's ever mentioned it, ever, but I see it. It's my insecurity. People might um, – no, they don't even look, actually. I've never seen anyone look at my teeth. Yeah. The teeth, if you were to look at someone, do you notice their teeth? No. Hmm. No, it's eyes, all, all the eyes, you know, because it's, you're looking at the top half um, of, of the face. You know, you shouldn't be looking anywhere else. You should be looking them in the eye, and once you made eye contact, then you can look away, you know, but it's all about the eyes. Um, yeah, it's funny. Funny, I, th- I think like that, right? Hmm. It is. It's like an insecurity. We, but we've all got insecurities Absolutely. that um, create negative moments and, and situations that we put ourselves in. But it's just, yeah, flipping that switch – but my next goal is to be able to flip the switch and stay in that state mm. and not not fall hard, you know. So I can so I can attack things and um, I like what you said, Link, about um, yeah, being just being aware and and identifying the emotions and being okay with it. That's probably something I haven't fully worked on is being okay with the feeling. Mm. I almost kind of try and shun it away. So that's definitely something I need to work on. It was something I picked up. Uh, so Grace's sister, Kat, is a psychologist. And she was talking about that. It must have been maybe two years ago um, that everything we feel is perfectly fine. Mm. We can't control the way we feel. We can control what happens around that. Um, so embrace it. And like, so next time, I know you want to work on it. Next time you're feeling those, accept the way that you're feeling, embrace it, and, and then you can start to look what, you need to do to flick that switch and keep it in that kind of zone. Do you think it's healthy though to always to to want to stay in that like that kind of space, that feeling of being on, or do you think you need a balance of being on and off? It, it depends if you can change that onto your normal state. If that's what you want to eventually become, then go for it. I think if you're putting a lot of energy into it, it's going to be draining and you will crash hard. But if you continue to build upon yourself and want to get in that zone more often maybe that's who you do become so therefore you do stay in that zone mm. don't know yep interesting interesting we're always learning and one one takeaway i got from a book i just finished was um the surrounding yourself with people who um you you almost like their normal is what you are achieving to be mm. you know for instance in this gym space you know you guys are doing these great things in your own personal lives of, of achievements and uh, Tim's training for, for a running a trail race, um, one of many that he is actually said he's going to sign up Ultra for. marathon in two years, I heard Welsh you say the two other day. Two years? Oh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be more, less than two years. hundred <laughs> percent. Am I wrong to say that, Tim? An ultra marathon? No, <laughs> no, I've actually decided. Oh, here we go. We're getting this on, <laughs> yeah. on deck. And, and, uh, and Sarah thought about it. I've always had this, obviously, close connection with Boston. Boston Marathon! So it's uh, got to get a sub three hour to qualify. So here we go. That's a five year goal. Oh, five years. Bro, you'll smash it. You, running's in your butt. Oh, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like a run. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, awesome. And that's 42Ks through Boston. Yes. Ah, awesome. Mm. Watch well, this space. Watch this space. And uh, I think, boys, we can wrap things up there. Um, good chat. Thank you for, sh- for sharing, as always. I always learn um, from both of you both of you gentlemen. And uh, we'll keep getting it done and smashing. And, and we'll be back uh, next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Go enjoy my amino energy. It's a special word from our sponsors.
going to go enjoy my amino energy. <laughs>